The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you. Hello, Fire Whiskers. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Debt of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. And try to stay on topic. Which is easier said than done. Without further ado, here's this week's chapter of The Debt of Time. We would like to provide a trigger warning for those who are affected by talk of suicide and medical malpractice or lack of medical care by doctors who don't give a shit. We are going to be discussing the death of Twitch, and if this is something that affects you and that you do not need to listen to in order to protect your mental health, please skip forward and get into the meat of the episode. We'll see you there. Hello, Fire Whiskers. We have a cold open today. Sorry we haven't had an episode since the 2nd of December. <laughs> uh, yes, also that. Um, there have been health the problems. The kicking everybody's ass. Yeah, flu season, yeah. COVID season, RSV season. Actually, no, no, have not I had swear, RSV. I just, I keep knocking on wood. And not even really that superstitious, but I am a little stitious. <laughs> We haven't gotten sick at all this fall, and it's starting to freak me out. Like, it's been too long that we haven't gotten sick. Jesus. I don't know the thing that just laid against the wall, if it was a excited screaming child or a hurt screaming child. No, 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 no. My, just my dog crying. Oh, no, you mine. Your, yeah. My house. Because <laughs> that's Colin's room. <laughs> Anyway, Max like, anyway. walked out of the room and then just like popped his head back in and was like, bitch, you're not coming? <laughs> Sorry. My dog's anyway, uh, so I am a little stitious. And I, yes, you're a little stitious. I've talked to like 10 people today who are like, yeah, I'm home. I'm working from home today because I, like so-and-so's been sick. This person's been sick. My kid's been sick. And I'm just like, okay, when's the other shoe going to drop and it's going to all be terrible? So, yeah. Just waiting for it. I think it's because my kid goes to a daycare with only four other kids. Yes. Three other kids. I'm, yes. And none of them, like, they're all the oldest kid. So. Yeah. Like, there's no younger babies or older kids in school. It's just these babies that all mm-hmm. go to daycare together. And they're all only children. But. Anyway. Anyway. Hello, fire. Well, wait, I already said hello. Yeah, you did. So we're doing a cold open today because Kat requested it, but we're going to be just as surprised as you guys are because we don't actually know what she's going to talk about. So, Kat. How does that make it a cold open? How is it not just like whatever we're talking about first? Oh, yeah. I don't know. She just said it was going to be like an announcement thing. So It's not an announcement. It's just something that I would like to say. Oh, okay. And this is weird because usually Claire is the person who does this kind of stuff. So this is weird for me, but I just I have to get this out. I think you're going to say what I was actually planning on saying, so say it. Yeah, like, I've had a rough couple of days, and, like, 
I don't usually get that emotional over famous people passing, but the Twitch announcement really got me. Every single post that I have seen, I have literally been crying all day. Yep. And I don't know why it's affecting me that much. Yep. And I don't know if it's because I'm in an interracial relationship too and he married a white girl too. I don't know if it's because him and the Dark Wizard have similar features. I don't know what it is, but this has been affecting me. So I just want to remind everybody, you are not alone. And as Claire said a couple episodes ago, your brain is a liar. True facts. There are resources out there for you and you don't have to take that way out. It is not a good option. And I know I'm not saying this in a politically correct way and it's probably not the right way to say it, but it's the only way I know how to say it. But you don't have to do that. It will be okay. You can get through it. And it people are there for you. If, even if you call them and they're busy and they don't answer the phone, call somebody else. It doesn't mean they're ignoring you. And especially in relationships and in life, especially with friends, I feel like we make excuses like, oh, life got in the way or I don't want to burden them. You're not burdening them. Mm -hmm. They are there for you because you matter more than work. You matter more than anything. Like mm -hmm. there are people that you can call. There are There's a hotline. There are strangers that you can talk to. Like you are not alone there are things that you can do and you don't have to let the demons win do not let the muggles get you down mm -hmm. it's not it, it's just not worth it and your, it's not your brain is a liar it, yeah. yeah your brain is absolutely a liar and like i i like i said i don't get emotional over celebrity deaths that much or that often because when i like them i'm like oh well that's sad but for some reason this got me I mean, so, you you watched Ellen like every yeah, I single did. day. I, I did, and I don't know if that's why. Like, I don't I know, remember but, watching like, Twitch ugh, compete on like so you think you can dance. Like, I remember cheering for him when he was a yeah. competitor. Like, I, that yeah. was so. He's one of the first like celebrity dancers I remember following pretty closely for a really mm -hmm. long time. So it's and also the fact that he was only forty. Yeah. That also seems mind-blowing yeah. to me. He was only 40. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it's been hard for me all day. I think it's especially hard because all three of us not only have um, a bunch of our family, a bunch of us in our families have been sick, but also all three of us have been really struggling with mental health in the last couple of weeks. So I think that may be also part of why it's been really impactful um, yeah. And like, I thought about it for myself because of my lovely doctor experience last night, mm. because I felt like I wasn't being listened to and I wasn't mm. being heard. And I do think that kind of relates to depression because I sometimes totally. feel like people in that position, because I don't pretend to know how that feels, because even though I was depressed at the beginning of this podcast, it was a whole different type of depression. So I'm not going to pretend like I know how people with severe depression feel, but I kind of understand. But I think that it relates to not only depression, but for medical and everything. You don't know what somebody's going through. Your mm. pain is real. And I know that some people ruin it for some people because I know people just want the drugs. And I know some people do it for the wrong reason. I know some people are hypochondriacs, but it's like everybody's pain is real. And even though it may not be your pain or my pain, it is all real. Mm. And like, I also think it kind of hits home too, because I read an article the other day that Amy Schumer did about her endometriosis and how no one believed her. And they were just like, oh, you're just getting your period. Like, you're just a woman. You mm -hmm. just complain that you have cramps. And it's like, no, oh everybody's God. pain is real. So like, whether it's medical, mental health, whatever, you are justified in feeling how you feel. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
So listen, especially medical professionals, listen to your patients. Do not blow them off and tell them that they are just this or that and give them a script and tell them to go home. Mm -hmm. That is not how this works because I am mad because I have been treated that way and I'm just over it. So just... Yeah. No, I... Take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes. Take care of yourself, advocate for yourself, and if you feel like you're not being heard and you have the ability, go, go get a second else. opinion. <laughs> go talk yeah. to somebody else because, and I'm sure Kat remembers this, um, One of, basically the number one reason I got out of the army was for injury. And I was running. I pivoted. I felt a pop in my knee. I did not go see the doctor immediately because I was about to go on holiday block leave. And I was like, I'll just rest it nice. It'll be fine. And I came back and it wasn't fine. And I went to my doctor and I was like, I'm in a lot of pain. I pivoted. It popped. I've torn my MCL before it did heal. I did physical therapy. It was fine. The army cleared it. They were aware. They cleared it. I think I did something to it. And she said, no, it's runner's knee from running on asphalt. You're not used to it. If you keep running, the pain will go away. I walked with a cane for two years. Mm-hmm. Not 24-7, but if I came home from a long day of shopping around the house, I used a cane. If I had a bad knee day, I did not leave my house. I went to the doctor and was like, I have a cough. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, we have to do a urine test. Oh, you have a UTI. I'm like, cool. I still have a cough. And then I went back and they're like, oh, it has now become a kidney infection. I'm like, cool. I still have a cough. I then got diagnosed with altitude sickness, a 24-hour bug, uh, uh, food poisoning. Um, I got accused of malingering. And it was not until I went to the doctor for probably the seventh time after being in a civilian hospital where they also were like, yeah, whatever, you just have a stomach bug and sent me to go get a quarters slip so that I could stay home for the day. Um, My battle buddy, as they called it, went to the front desk and was like, look, she needs to lay down in the back or she's going to fall over and hit her head and give herself a concussion. And then you guys are going to have to deal with that. So they put me in the back and a doctor walked past my room and heard me coughing. I'd never seen this doctor before. And he popped his head in and he goes, how long have you had that cough? And I said, probably a better part of like six or eight weeks. And he goes, that's, he's like, have they listened for crackles? Have they told you you have bronchitis? And I'm like, Nobody's put a stethoscope to my chest at all in eight weeks and seven visits. Bizarre. Yeah. Army medicine. He puts his stethoscope to my chest and goes, you're getting an x-ray within the next hour and sent me to the hospital where they told me that my left lung was entirely full of fluid and I was basically drowning. And had they waited much longer, I would have been in the ICU and or dead. Because I had doctors who would not listen to me. Now, as a private in the army, I was not able to advocate for myself to request a different doctor. But as an adult, you're damn right I do. And I switched doctors probably six times and Jimmy was ready to throttle me because every time I went to a doctor, it was a different doctor. My current doctor, when I went to her and said, my knee hurts, she said, this is the same one you hurt in the army. We're going to get you an MRI. We're going to get you into physical therapy. We're going to figure out what's going on. And we did. And then when I called her last week and I said, I need to see you, my left knee is starting to hurt. She said, okay. And she goes, I don't think there's any actual damage yet, but I'm going to put you in physical therapy for your left knee as well so that we prevent an injury. And I don't think I've ever had a doctor do that in my life. And I almost started Mm -hmm. crying. And I was like, 
you're being proactive instead of reactive. And she goes, of course, if we can prevent you from getting a sprain or a tear, why wouldn't we? And I'm like, because the American medical system is not set up to do that. Yep. Which is why even if you think you're in a good place, if you've dealt with depression before and you have a therapist, stay with them. If you can, if you can afford it, if your insurance covers it, stay with them. Talk or to somebody. If that particular therapist is not helpful, you can switch oh therapists. Oh I, my god! I, yeah, I struggled. Yeah, you're not going to break up. Them. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am aware of that. I still struggled to break up with my therapist. I had to tell her that I yeah. took a different job and I was no longer going to be able to make it within her working hours. So I was not good at it, but I did break up with her. And the therapist I am now with is wonderful. So. Advocate for yourself. Get with somebody who is good for you and good for your health, who you don't dread seeing Mm. because, and I don't think I've ever discussed this publicly on the podcast before, um, I was in a very dark place when I got out of the army. A very dark place. I joined the army as a way to make myself not feel helpless because something bad had happened. And instead I came out more broken and more weak and more unhealthy than I had ever been in my life. And there was one day, and I can see it clear as day, I was stepping out of the shower and it just flickered across my brain. If you weren't alive, it wouldn't hurt anymore. And there was this sense of unbelievable peace that just came over me. It was so calming and horrifyingly reassuring. And I was like, it would all go away wow, that would be nice. And then I stopped and I was like, my parents would be devastated. My sister would be devastated. Kat would be devastated. I would never get to have a husband. I would never get to be a mother. I would never get to own a dog. I would never get to do all the things I want to do. No, that's not an option. It would be nice to not be in pain and to not be sad all the time. But I got other stuff I got to do. I got to say, that road was fucking hard. Really fucking hard. But look where I am now. I've got an amazing husband. I've got an amazing, wonderful child who learned how to say, I love you, last week. And it is the cutest, I love you. And I've got a dog, and I've got a house, and I've got a job I like, and I've got a podcast, and I've got all of you guys who are listening Keep fucking fighting. It's hard as hell. Don't go. Well, on the most depressing start we've ever had. (laughs) And because I am Chandler Bing, this is another problem that I have. So Instagram and Facebook are owned by the same effing company. Don't you find it weird when people post sad things like this and you just press the heart and you like it? I feel so bad. It's so weird because like at least on Facebook, you can put a sad face or the care symbol. (laughs) But liking it is just so weird to me because you're not doing it because you like it. You're doing it for support. But it's also like... Dude, I I'm hate glad Facebook that. added like the care emoji. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like Instagram is so weird. It's like I don't want to like this, but I'm doing it out of support because I don't like want to comment on it and like get spam like followers, but it's just like yeah. it's so weird to 
double tap pictures when it's sad. Okay. And that is my Chandler Bing moment. And I also I apologize, guys. I, I got a sore throat. And if I cough through this episode or sound weird, I'm sorry. Oh, God, I can I'm do cough cool stuff. This. Come on, man. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to cough. I got I'm sorry. It's this episode's going to suck to cut. But anyway... Yeah, I don't remember what had happened. Was someone else take this? Because I, ha- I had um, no energy to skim through. No, shit no, that's today. fine. That's fine. Um, hold on, let me. That's a great question because neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> like all I remember is something about Ron complaining about he had he failed his like owls or something or his exams, and then oh, something yeah. about the Daily Prophet and something about Draco and what's oh, her. I don't even know. Last week, Maya helped. The long bottoms. Free the long bottoms. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Because I asked what had happened because I forgot. And then you told me and I was like, wow, that's messed up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. she had built barriers in their brains using legilimency or occlumency, whatever it was. And so that's where they've been hiding. And um, so now they, uh, um, it, we ended the episode with Alice looking up at her son and saying, Neville. Okay, yeah, I do remember that now. Oh, and then Augusta screaming at all of the meta Oh, yeah, because you were mad. Using you were mad that it was like this nice, poignant moment, and then you're like, and Karen, a lot, uh, <laughs> Karen Longbottom. Yeah. <laughs> no offense to anybody actually named Karen, but <laughs> Karen it's just a really easy shorthand. It is. Yeah. Have you ever wondered what it would be like if somebody gave you Grandmother Black's opal ring? Well, the good news is Beating Kit Kat has that available on her Etsy store. She will be linking her Etsy store in our Facebook group. We will also provide a link in the show notes of this episode. Currently, there is a ring sale, 15% off all of her rings. And if you use the discount code FWHPOD, you will get an additional $10 off. They have an option for diamond and gold options if you're looking for an upgrade, as well as options for customizing the mount with other gemstones if you are so inclined. Just message Kat through Etsy and she'll be more than happy to help. Again, that code is FWHPOD to get you $10 off and all rings are 15% off. The sale for percent off may be running now, but remember that orders placed during this sale will be made to ship after the new year. (sighs) All right, so chapter 144, predecessor, January 15th, 1999. (laughs) I just realized what episode this is. Okay, I do not know what episode this is. <laughs> Sorry. Hold on. Oh, fuck you, you can't say that. <laughs> it's the title. Okay, yeah. Okay, who? I, I think Claire's light bulb. Who is Maya's yeah. predecessor? Hmm? Who is Maya's predecessor? Hermione? No. As the head of the House of Black. <laughs> and her light bulb has been restored. Okay. January 15th, 1999. So the last episode ended on Christmas, didn't it? Yes. All right, so this is a fair jump. 
With everyone home for the holidays, Grimold Place was completely full, which did not bother the permanent residents one bit. It did, however, pose a small problem when the full moon came round. Rather than send everyone to the burrow, where they would no doubt be squished into the tight space, and unmarried couples separated, as per Molly's orders, Remus, Sirius, and Maya decided to relocate to the den for the duration of the moon, leaving their family and friends back at number 12, where they would be safe. Safety had always been a big concern for Remus, and for good reason. Despite the wolf's bane and all other precautions taken, the cellar door of the den broke open during the night, allowing Mooney to escape into the woods behind the cottage. The call of the wild was too strong to ignore. Padfoot and Vixen kept a close watch on him to make sure he did not venture out of the property boundaries, but the idea of herding him back into the cellar was unrealistic at best, utterly insane at worst. When he woke up the following morning beneath the shade of a tree instead of the cement walls, he panicked. Rather than fix the door, and about one thousand other things that were wrong with the old Lupin cottage, Maya and Sirius convinced Remus it was time to bury the past. Once their things were removed from inside the small home, the pack gathered together to knock the old building to the ground. "'You'll move into Grimmauld Place,' Sirius insisted joyfully. "'And we'll have a new home built for you,' Maya added. Remus argued and fought with them over their enforced charity. Maya called him adorable, much to his annoyance. In the end, he caved when she insisted that if he did not take her money, the same money she had set up for him prior to her disappearance in 1979, then she would open a Gringotts account in Teddy's name and give the boy all of her galleons and build the new home just for them. Remus and Tonks could be allowed in at Teddy's pleasure. Remus agreed to accept the money and new house, considering it all retroactive payment for having to babysit Sirius in her absence during the past few years. Despite Harry seeming a bit sad with Ginny back at Hogwarts, Grimwood Place had never been happier with a nearly complete pack under one roof. Tonks and Harry had been paired as partners in the Department of Magical Law Enforcement, which made everyone feel much safer knowing that they both had someone at work they could rely on. Remus set to work on the wolf werewolf book that Sirius and Maya had been bothering him to write for years, and Sirius even turned his father's old study into a private office for him to be able to write in peace and quiet. I feel like I need that on a mug or something, Department of Magical Law Enforcement, since I work for law enforcement. Like, I feel like I just need to take that to work to every day and just be like, look what I got. <laughs> Not that you all know what that means or care, but, you know, I need that on a cup or Not gonna lie. traveler's mug or something. When I was working for the Department of Defense and I kept my Ministry of Magic mug as my coffee mug, everyone thought it was hilarious. It was great. Yeah, because sometimes during the day when I get really mad that I work there, I'm like, I live to serve the noble house of black in my head. <laughs> you call that's what I feel the like. house of? That, that, that's what I feel like sometimes. I really do. That's so funny and also so sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cat needs spew. I said yeah. it wrong on purpose. Don't come for me. S-P-E-W. I can't not. I know. Um, Despite Harry seeming a bit sad with Ginny back at Hogwarts, Grimwood Place had never been happier with nearly with a nearly complete pack under one roof. Tonks and Harry had been... Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck off. I don't know what happened. I'm just laughing. I, she read the same sentence again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> when she's technically at... When they had free time. Got it. 
feel like I look like that meme of that one kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's like, huh? This is an audio podcast. And Shia's just laughing her ass off watching this. When they had free time and Remus. Whoa. What? What in the? Oh, God. What is? What's Stop reading ahead. ahead. Stop reading ahead. No, I'm not reading ahead. I have my TV on mute because Guardians of the Galaxy was on and there's a commercial for the next season of Miracle Workers and Daniel Radcliffe is wearing some funky so, outfit. I don't know what the heck he's wearing. But it's kind of sexy. Shia sent it yeah. to me on TikTok. <laughs> I was just like, I'm not gonna what is he? And now we know what Hannah Beth is going to do in the background. Yeah. When they had free time... And Remus was too busy to feel bitter about not being included. Sirius, Maya, and Harry would go and visit Alice and Frank at St. Mungo's. The couple was making slow strides toward a full recovery, and had even been moved from the Janus Thicky Ward to the temporary rehabilitation area in the spell damage floor. Frank still struggled to speak and walk without assistance, but was making large improvements in other areas. Alice had regained full use of her speech, though sometimes she had momentary memory lapses. To show his gratitude, Neville had gifted Maya with enough new plants to fill the garden outback, complete with magical herbs. Draco still stopped by Grimold Place whenever he felt like it to pilfer Sirius's alcohol, but he quickly learned that owling ahead was a smart thing to do when he first stumbled upon Sirius and Maya christening the staircase one afternoon. Yikes. Why are your house words tattooed on your ass? Draco shouted as he covered his eyes. Because it seemed offensive to tattoo them on my serious figure, <laughs> and laughed when Maya covered his mouth. I forgot about that. Do I even want to know why you're wearing a Hogwarts uniform? <laughs> Draco asked Sirius, eyes still closed. Sirius responded by throwing a giggling Maya over his shoulder and carrying her off to their room. Many could sympathize with Draco. Oh, sorry. Many could sympathize with Draco, who begged for abbreviation. Harry sat Sirius and Maya down later to insist that the kitchen, dining room, and all other places where food was to be eaten was a sex-free zone. Sirius pouted. Maya laughed. And they both moved to their bedroom and did not come out for two days, except to gather food. Sirius! Maya caught up the stairs. Come down here. I need your help with something. Sirius took the stairs two at a time. Ah. Light bulb. (laughs) Sirius took the stairs two at a time, jumping down on the landing with the energy of a teenager and a grin on his face as he kissed her good morning. Where have you been? I woke up and you were gone. Lousy way to wake up. I'd like to never do it again, he insisted, burying his nose in her hair. Filthy, rotten stain on my house, lying with blood traitors and mudbloods. Who opened her curtains and pissed on her frame this morning? He growled, looking up to see the portrait of his mother glaring at him in severe disapproval. I did, Maya said. The curtains thing, not the... Anyway, I was bored and thought I'd show my engagement ring to Walburga. She smiled deviously at the painting. How'd Mummy Dearest like it? Sirius asked with a wry grin. She had some very colorful things to say about my ancestry, Maya said with a chuckle. Then she told me my skirt was too short and I looked like a trollop. And how did you reply to that, my love? 
Sirius said, reaching for the hem of her skirt and grinning as his fingers traced around her thigh. I set her painting on fire, Maya replied sweetly. Repeatedly. Apparently the sticking charm that keeps her up there prevents her from being permanently damaged as well. Still, just because fire doesn't completely destroy her doesn't mean she can't scream. You set my mother on fire? Sirius gave her a heated stare before hitching her thigh against his hip. Keep talking like that and you'll need to put out another fire. Maya quirked her lips and threw her head back, laughing. That's... A terrible line, but hold that thought. I made a trip to the apothecary this morning, she said, reaching into her handbag and pulling out a small bottle of bright red oval eggs. Sirius took the bottle from her and examined it. Care to guess? Sirius scoffed, offended. I was in advanced potions right next to you and Lily. Thank you very much. Ashwinder eggs. You planning on brewing Amortentia? He leered, before saying in a voice made husky with arousal, I have to tell you, kitten, it's very unnecessary. Give me a love potion, and I'm liable to lose my mind and break this sweet little body of yours. Brushing his lips against her jaw, he slid his hand to her waist and regarded her thoughtfully. Though I am curious as to what yours smells like. She smiled suggestively at him. Fresh-cut grass parchment, and leather. That's weird. That sounds familiar. I like leather. I'd like to take leather straps and tie you up against this wall, he said, and picked her up, pressing her up against the wall and pushing her wrists above her head as he ran his tongue along the side of her neck, repeating the action until she broke and let out a whimper. He chuckled against her skin and pressed himself against her with a groan. What does yours smell like? she asked him, moaning. Fire whiskey, he whispered in her ear. Honey and strawberries. You're a liar. He laughed and nipped her earlobe. It smells like the orchards behind Potter Manor. What else? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I love when we get big reactions from Cat at like the most unexpected places. It's my favorite part of this. <laughs> That, in old books. I wasn't lying about the fire whiskey, though, he said as he licked his way up her throat, ignoring the prejudiced slurs while Berga was throwing at them from her portrait. As much as I'd love to continue this, Maya gasped when his hand palmed her breast. I'm not having sex with you in front of your mother. I draw the line there, and let's be honest, that line has been pretty flexible up until now. Sirius lowered her. To the bedroom, then. Maya smirked and snatched the Ashwinder eggs back from him. I'd prefer right here, actually. She approached Wahlberger's portrait, stepping up and throwing the frozen eggs at the top of the painting, layering them against the frame. Sirius, are you ready to say goodbye to your mother? He stared at her, not entirely sure how she was planning on doing what her eyes and words were promising, but he still felt like a little boy attending the Quidditch World Cup for the first time with light in his eyes and hope in his heart. No need for goodbyes, old bitch can fuck off for all I care. Good to know, Maya said, and named her wand at the painting. Incendio. The bottom edge of the frame caught fire first, and while Burgess screamed obscenities at Maya from beyond the flames and smoke that she siphoned off with the filtering charm, 
When the fire reached the top of the frame, the bottom began to repair itself as it had been spelled to do. However, the heat thawed the ashwinder eggs, which cracked and set fire to the seam where the painting met the wall. It was not fiend fire exactly, but strong enough to detach the portrait from where it hung. The painting fell to the floor with a loud bang. Maya raised her wand, shouting, Evanesco! to vanish the sizzling eggs and the flames they had ignited. The wall was blackened from the fire, but could easily be painted over. Sirius stared at the fallen portrait and the blank space on the wall, and then slowly turned, mouth open, towards the witch. Marry me. Maya laughed. We're already engaged, idiot. It's not enough, he insisted, and pulled her into his arms. You need more. Do you want a bigger ring? I'll get you a bigger ring. I'll get you ten rings. He swung her around in a circle, moving a few steps forward so he could stomp his dragon-hide boots all over his mother's fuming face. He kissed Maya deeply, plunging his tongue into her mouth and stroking hers with hungry, needy movements. Eventually, he pulled away and pressed his forehead against hers. Do you want diamonds? Rubies? Emeralds? She suggested with a sly grin. Fine, he said, and crushed his lips against hers. Maya chuckled against him and ran her fingers through his hair, pulling a rumble from his chest. He stepped off of the painting and kicked it over so Walburga faced the ground, and neither had to look at her as she screeched from beneath them. Sirius questioned Maya with a buck of his hips, and she answered with a whimpering moan. No kitten. I'm desperate to reward you for what you've just done. You have no idea how bad, he said. Reward? Not entirely sure I should be rewarded. Why's that, love? I almost set the house on fire, she said, gesturing to the blackened wall behind him. Very dangerous. I should... I should definitely be taught a lesson. Sirius groaned. Now I'm torn. Why's that? Maya asked, wrapping her legs tightly around his waist, gripping the railing above her to hold herself upright. I should punish you for nearly setting the house on fire, he said, moaning when she scratched the nails of one hand on his chest. But I want to reward you for getting my mother off of the wall, and for nearly setting this piece of shit house on fire. Maya laughed. How long have you been planning this very specific seduction? Years. And we're going to take a quick break because this is a super short chapter. Um, and I want to make sure that we have a quality episode given that we kind of stiffed you guys repeatedly this season in terms of getting shit out late, not getting recording done, all that kind of... Why is Hannah Beth making that face at me? Just like it just... We just read Sexually Charged Scene and I finished our really raunchy book this morning and my brain just went, we stiffed them? That's that's the word you want to go with? Yes. Okay. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, mm. So, side note, I'm in a book club, and it's called The Worst Book Club, and it's great, and I love it. But everybody likes... <sighs> we vote on the books every month, right? And my book got voted last time and literally nobody but me finished it because it, I was like, oh, we should do a spicy romance novel. And they were like, yeah, we can do that. So I was like, let's look for like low level spice so I don't scare people off. 
So I picked a book. It was rated number seven on the Amazon books list. And I was like, oh, this will be safe. It was not safe. It was dirty, dirty, explicit smut repeatedly. And it came (laughs) out of fucking nowhere. And it was like, and we're not talking like he entered her with a hard thrust. We're like, his cock was throbbing and a weapon of mass destruction that he was about to use. Is this the one that you sent me that you were like, oh my God, please read this piece of trash? (laughs) I don't even think it, because it wasn't a bad story, but like, Two different people said, I got to the words, weapon of mass destruction, closed it, and never picked it up again. I mean, I don't blame them. I have DNF'd books for similar reasons. Yes. Yeah, for me, it's uh, man meat. Uh, No, can't do that one. Weirdly, I can't, I don't, it won't make me DNF. I don't like when they use the word penis. Cock cock and dick those are like my go-tos i when when you say i'm teaching my kid the word penis so that he knows okay but were you that way before you had a son yeah i just i've never really liked it it's it's clinical to me because like i was in nursing school briefly and learned how to put catheters in a penis so like the word penis Mm -hmm. is not sexy (laughs) Mm-hmm. I hear penis. I have flashbacks to catheter lessons. So like, <laughs> and those yeah. were some weird lessons where you heard a lot of really weird stories about a lot of really weird shit. Um, <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. Anyway, there was oh, there was something that I DNF'd a book recently that I was like, you you ruined it. You you ruined the sex. I don't remember what it was, but it was on the similar line to weapon of mass destruction as the the moniker uh, for a dick, and it just completely takes you out of the story. Totally took me out of it. I was like, mm. all right, what is this uh, nonsense? Yep, and we're done. Hey, cat, have you made your gingerbread house yet? <laughs> oh my god, hold on. What what gingerbread house? Come Wait, here. what did you get from Dancing Deer? They should have sent, sent me cookies and brownies and these weird Valentine's Day cookies. gingerbread house. You are not going to bed. There's a small child. I definitely ordered Ooh. you a gingerbread house. What? There was no gingerbread house in that. I got cookies and brownies and Valentine's Day cookies. Because they were literally <laughs> shaped like hearts and decorated with like pink and red on them. I'm. Did you send Audrey a gingerbread house? Because you sent her the same cookies. No, I sent her but cookies it... and brownies. I okay, well, you... I got cookies and brownies. <laughs> hi, buddy. <laughs> Can you say hi? Oh, Weasley. <laughs> He's like, what? What is happening? What's going on? What the say fuck? Hi. I ordered you a gingerbread house. I didn't get a gingerbread house, homie. What the fuck? She sent me a box and she addressed it to Auntie Meow Meow. Because JD says Auntie Meow. Gingerbread cookie house. Okay. I was like, what the fuck? I got no gingerbread cookie house in that box. We'll report it. Okay. Um. Y'all are going to have to finish this without me because my kid is bouncing off the wall. If you can't oh, that's tell. Fine. We that's are fine. over an hour past bedtime. So y'all have fun. Don't do anything too super crazy. Please do not. 
hang up this call by just slamming on the keyboard. Okay, can we say bye? By the way, that, that whole dick conversation reminds me in 10 Things I Hate About You. Uh, every time. She's writing every the time. book. Brought worst. <laughs> like, really? Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, we're sleeping if the, our arms are floppy, but he came. I wish I had a video of the way he came barreling through the door. Hi, dude. Do you have curry up your nose? They literally, like, didn't even tell me that it was wrong. <laughs> Bossa Nova gift box. That's right, Colin. That's messed up. That's right. Micah just went to pick him up, and he just looked at him and went, no. Gingerbread cookie house. Aunt Meow. Ticolas. One gingerbread cookie house. These no, there was no gingerbread cookie house. Sons of bitches. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Hi, Colin. Okay. <laughs> okay, let me get out of this. Go with Dad. <laughs> Have fun. Bye. 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 I'm. You're going to. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I did not get that. Motherfuckers. Okay. Well, that is my only complaint with them because their shit's fucking delicious and I'm super. Yeah, did like, you take I pictures of look... what they sent you? No. Damn it. Well, I, I sent. Well, yeah, I mean, I sent a picture to Audrey of what she. What I, you sent me because she wanted to know if we got similar stuff, but I even looked under the the packing material, like in the box, like yeah. that pretty s stuff, and there was nothing there. Send me the picture you sent, Audrey. Okay. Because I am yeah, going yeah. to be. I generally try to not be an asshole, but if you send yeah. the wrong shit, I mean, technically, I think what you got sent was probably more expensive than what I sent you because you were supposed to get a different gift as well. But uh, yeah, okay. Huh. Yeah, like Ooh, I, it's real I didn't get anything. Wait, where is it? Um, oh, there it is. Oops, oops, not the right one. Right. Yeah, that that's literally all I got. I got two things of brownies, two things of cookies, and Valentine's Day cookies. I I did not get any damn gingerbread house. I mean, that definitely costs way more than what I sent you, but I think that's why you got the Valentine's things is because they were trying to apologize. But, dude, those molasses Yeah, but they still didn't favorite. tell you, though. No, they didn't tell me, and that's what I'm, that's what bothers me. Yeah, they didn't tell you. But, yeah, I got no gingerbread house. Anyway, the dead of time. Celebrating the removal of Wahlberger's portrait would have to wait as more alterations to Grimold Place were needed. The entire house went into a massive panic, especially Remus, when an unnaturally fast teddy ended up crawling into the fireplace of the library in an attempt to follow Tonks through on her way to work. Remus had caught Teddy just in time, but the incident made him anxious for the rest of the day. Eventually, Sirius convinced him to place the baby in his crib to sleep, allowing Remus a chance to take a calming draft and lie down. Harry and Sirius left the house for baby-proofing supplies, allowed to go shopping on their own with the promise that they stick to Maya's list and not venture outside of the specified shops. 
With Remus passed out due to the effects of the potion, Maya stayed home and watched Teddy. Later, Remus shouted in his sleep, drawing Maya's attention. After placing security charms around Teddy's crib, she rushed into her friend's bedroom to find him in the middle of a nightmare. Frowning, she placed a gentle hand on his forehead. Remus, Remus, wake up! His soft green eyes shot open and he gasped for air. Teddy? Perfectly safe, she promised him. Come on. She took his hand and slowly helped him to rise. She walked down the hall, shoving him toward her and Sirius's room, directing him to the bed where he collapsed on Sirius's side with an exhausted groan. She departed for a brief moment, only to return just as quickly with a yawning teddy in her arms. She delivered him to his father, who sat up against the headboard, cradling his son gently and smiling when the curious boy fell fast asleep, his turquoise hair shifting to sandy blonde as he relaxed. Maya, meanwhile, set up a gentle security charm around the room, preventing Teddy from crawling out the door or near the fireplace in the corner before she placed her wand on the bedside table. She crawled in next to Remus, resting her head on his shoulder and smiling when he lazily draped an arm over her. Sirius and Harry found them like that an hour later when they returned home. Maya blinked lazily as she watched Harry looking uneasy at the sight, his gaze flickering to Sirius to gauge his reaction. When Sirius only smiled, Harry offered him a confused look. Come on. Sirius motioned to the bed, setting the bag of items down on a large armchair in the corner before he crawled diagonally across the mattress, draping his legs over Remus's until his head fell into Maya's lap. She yawned as her fingers slid through his hair. She gestured to Harry with her head, noting the empty space beside her, and feeling a strange weight lifted from her heart when he came to lie down on her right. Hours later, Maya woke in the middle of the night as the light from the moon poured in through the window. She looked to her left and smiled when she saw Tonks curled up next to Remus, her legs thrown over Sirius's calves. Teddy was cradled between his parents. Maya gently ran her fingers through Sirius's hair, grinning when she felt him make a contented noise against her thighs. She caught sight of Crookshanks nestled against his chest. Despite knowing it was not James beside her, Maya felt comfortable and whole when she turned her head to see Harry lying there, one arm tossed over his face, his glasses crooked on his nose. She reached for the spectacles, pulling them away and levitating them to the table wantlessly as he did not, so he did not accidentally stab himself in the eye as he slept. Oh, fuck. So close. She brushed aside the hair from his forehead, frowning at the lightning bolt scar that still made her feel wrathful whenever she saw it. Voldemort was dead, and Harry had killed him, but Merlin, Maya wished she had done it herself. Her attention flickered to Harry's forearm, where the scar from Wormtail's blade remained, a reminder of the Triwizard Tournament and the resurrection of the Dark Lord. Peter was dead, too, and Maya had not even had the chance to witness his demise for herself. She sighed, softly, looking up at the window and following the path of light from the moon as it cast itself over her arms, Sirius's head, and Teddy's tiny toes. A small reflected light caught her attention, and she looked down at Harry's hand, a glimmer of light showing a smooth texture across the back where there, in soft silvery pink letters, read, I must not tell lies.
that familiar bubble of rage built up inside her, and Maya slowly extracted herself from the dog-piled pack, making her way quietly out the bedroom and down the stairs, where she found Mercury resting in his cage. Need you to go on a little trip, boy, she told the owl, as she pulled out a quill and parchment, making a quick note. Kingsley, I'm calling in your debt. Maya. Mike. Drop. So you know who her next mark is? Do I ever know? What did Maya see on the back of Harry's hand? Oh, umbridge. Ha ha ha. Um, bitchy's okay. gonna get it. That's the end of our episode, so let's go ahead and thank our patrons. We'd like to thank the newest member of our Dogs, Stags, and Wolves team, Chana. Our December Foxes are Muggle Trucker, Claire Soothes My ADHD Goblin Brain, Tyler Maria, Anthony, Professor Magana Got It Going On, Tori, Camille, Leanne, Patrick, Stacy, Atlas, Sandra, Shannon, Martina, Jordan, Claire, Crystal, Kayla, Nicole, Kyla, Ryland, Kenny, Soraya, Carissa, Rachel, Carly, Karina, April, Kaylin, Audrey, Melissa, another one for the baby jar, Kara, Ryder, Sarah, Tessa, Cassie, Kara, Crystal, Samantha, Cauldron Mist, Misha, Brittany, Sylvia, Dan, Jessica, Jillian, Shauna, Juliana, Kendra, Chris, Miriam, Becky, Diana, Frau Holly, Matthew, Jasmine, and Cheryl. Thank you so much to all of our Patreons, especially those of you who continue to support us through the holidays. We very, very much enjoy it. You guys are amazing. We love you. And we will see you next. Fire Whiskey Friday. Oh, crap. I'm tired. (laughs) Nice. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.